Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Moving to feel his balls, they were heavy and low, bent forward on all fours. His immediate agreeance was turning me on. Above us the sky was getting dark. We had apparently missed the sunset. I scanned the beach, but there was no one in sight. I pulled down Asher's shorts with one hand until they were around his knees, then shoved my fingers back in him, finding the bundle of nerves on the first try. He bowed and let out a long moan. Oh, fuck. I slapped his ass and released his, my hold on his cock as he squeezed around my fingers. Then I looked around his hip and saw his cum spurting out all over the sand. Neil. Yes. Neil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Neil. <laughs> I don't know. I have an idea what was going on in that. You <laughs> just get sand everywhere. Sand everywhere. That's why I don't, <laughs> don't have sex on the beach. Anyway, anyway, that was delightful. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. Every single one. So if you don't like spoilers, just go read the book. Just Absolutely. You know, you, go find you, the book. Go read it. You've become interested enough to listen to review. Just, just buy the thing. None of the books we buy are very expensive to begin with. Um, so just buy the thing and read it and then come back to us. But if you don't mind spoilers at all, stick around and we could tell you our thoughts. Yeah, because we are going to um, spread them about like come on the sand. <laughs> My thoughts are like come on the sand. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oof. Oof-a-doof. Oof-a-doof indeed. Oh, goodness. Neil. Yes. <laughs> what books did we read? Well, this episode, we read His Most Convenient Bride, Princely Passions by Holly Rayner. I think the series is Princely Passions. It doesn't say which number this is in the series, so I don't know. But His Most Convenient Bride, Princely Passions by Holly Rayner, and The Royal Report by Claire Castle. Excellent. And the theme was? The theme was modern day princes and commoners. Commoners, princes commoners. and commoners. <laughs> but before we get to that, before we talk about the these royal these these royal problems that we're about to go over. <laughs> what has got you hot and bothered? Well, Claire, um, I went on a trip recently to Palm Springs Ooh, with a group of friends. The gayest of all the springs. The, ga <laughs> the gayest of all springs and the gayest of all palms. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is summertime, so of course it was hot. Of course there was going to be days around the pool. And I um, <laughs> live in contradictions and that I like being in pools, but I'm also insecure about my body. So that's always fun. But on this trip, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to be insecure about my body on this trip. 
I'm just going to be in my tiny swimsuit and I'm just going to go in the pool whenever I want. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, of course, I also did, you know, like mental calculations of like, oh, well, I'm not trying to sleep with anyone here. And like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And like comparing myself to people and all the dumb things that you do when you have self-esteem issues. But it actually, I was just like, I'm just going to. I'm just going to not worry about it when I'm at the pool. And it and it actually worked. And of course, now that I'm back home, I'm just like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm getting older, it's like, where did that spot come from? That's new. Um, <laughs> but I was just, I was just very proud of myself. I was like, oh, for the, for the long weekend, it was like a four day trip. I'm just like, not going to worry about it and not let it get in the way of me having fun for the first time since I was like, 10 maybe um so yeah i'm like okay that's a thing i can do for stints so maybe i can change the way i think about myself maybe yeah. a little bit of self-acceptance there yeah i mean it helped that i was uh buzzed on white claws the entire weekend <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. But sure, I do sure, like, sure, sure. I think you set up the expectation for yourself that this is not something I'm going to do. I am going to accept my body while I'm here and I'm mm -hmm. going to prioritize my joy. Yeah. And I think that's good. I, think I figured I, for the first time in my life, maybe I should prioritize my joy. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's something we should probably do when we wake up in the morning. We should say, today mm -hmm. I am going to prioritize my joy yeah. and just take a second to do that, to say that to ourselves. It won't work every day. It's mm -mm. not going to be a panacea for all of our self-esteem slash life issues. Look at you with your $30 word. What? I love the word panacea. It's one of it's my favorite. Word. It's, it's a, a good, good word. It's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's definitely a good thing to do uh, as somebody who has gone to therapy for several years and has definitely poo pooed the idea of affirmations. Uh, the idea that like, look in the mirror and say nice things about yourself. I'm like, no, not doing it. Screw you. And then of course the times that I do it, God, fuck it works. God <laughs> damn, it. damn it. They were right this whole time. I hate it. <laughs> I hate this dumb thing, but I think, I, I think in context with what you did, like there was a certain, a certain amount of not a lot of pressure put on yourself that there was a time limit that you mm -hmm. weren't forcing yourself to do this for the rest of your life yeah but congratulations i'm Thank glad you, you had fun yeah i had fun and i went the whole weekend without getting sunburned which is a miracle for somebody of my skin pigment or lack thereof yeah mm-hmm Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. And what about you, Claire? What has got you hot and bothered? Oh, um, well, right now, as everybody knows, I have no job mm -hmm. and um, no prospects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And every day has been very much a, all right, here are the reasons you're getting out of bed today. Um, and it's a little bit difficult and it is a little bit more difficult every single day. And that's mm -hmm. been a real downer, but I will tell you what has been nice. Um, <sighs> TV, 
<laughs> I did it with that sigh on purpose. Like, honestly, I'm watching a lot of this from like my iPad in bed. But I will say this: the new Star Trek, uh, Strange New Worlds, is utterly uplifting super great full of fun people like just like uh, th there's there's a wonderful actress who's playing uh playing the pilot this time and she's got short shoot cu cute butch hairstyle and this mm -hmm. great eyebrow that is always cocked just a little bit oh, and it. she is just like i cannot wait to fly this ship through an asteroid belt and it's like yes do it do it <laughs> and i mean all the casting crew is really great really well done it, it also feels like um, a Star Trek episode. It feels a little bit hokey sometimes, a little mm. bit, a little bit true, a, a little bit too like I'm so excited to be here, big eyed, like oh, a utopian world is possible, you know? Because mm -hmm. I feel like for the last couple of Star Treks, you definitely felt like there was no such thing as a utopian world. That this wasn't about the utopian dream dream of Gene Roddenberry. This was just uh, we're just people in space um mm -hmm. sometimes having sex with each other so it felt a little bit more like adventures in space with superheroes and sex like so mm -hmm. it was fine but it wasn't great but this is genuinely great it's uplifting it's fun it's very sweet Every, people are good looking so you can still crush on somebody but you can still have a lot of feels about messages honestly delightful 100 percent delightful great yeah i uh in my struggles lately i've been playing so many video games so that's been what i've been doing I'm just like oh god life is hard i'll just go to a high fantasy setting instead yeah yeah, yeah. but you know what's also made me get out of bed in the morning hmm. reading these books reading these books books but first, mm -hmm. I want to bring up that we have a new Patreon. Yeah. Well, new a new patron. Patron on our Patreon. Yes. Uh, we, I got to figure this out. <laughs> anyway, I would like to welcome t uh, our new patron, Peggy Sue. Uh, Peggy Sue is living in the great state of Texas, and she is putting up the good fight against... Yeah, um, Texas is so great. Yeah, against tyranny and oppression there. Um, but she's also, she's great. She's been a longtime listener since we first came up. And she's fun and delightful. And yes, her name really is Peggy Sue. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Peggy Sue. Thank you, Peggy Sue. I adore you. <laughs> we all adore you. <laughs> <laughs> so should we um, get into some books? Yeah. Let's oh, get into some real fast, listeners. If you want us to adore you all the more, sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. Yeah. Great. Sometimes we have the pod and sometimes we don't. So, yeah, we do have the pod this time. Um, it can be hard to just search us on Patreon because, one, we don't have a lot of patr patrons yet. 
So mm. the more we get, the easier it'll be to search us on that. But mm-hmm. two, we're also an adult content one. We say, so we say dirty words. We say so dirty words. Like so that us. also makes us like not hot. Not you can't really just search us, search us until we become popular. So yep. that's fine. We got to save the ears of the children. <laughs> Won't somebody save the ears of the children? <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think you have them in a jar. Like children's ears. Anyway, patreon.com slash FMK lit pod. <laughs> Let's talk about some books. Let's talk about some books. <sighs> His Most Convenient Bride. Princely Passions by Holly Rayner. He's the outcast prince in need of a fake bride. She's the double-crossed businesswoman desperate for citizenship. It surely can't go wrong, can it? An unfamiliar land on the hunt for millions of dollars that have been stolen by her backstabbing business partner. Workaholic New Yorker Madison Hale doesn't think anything can get her out of her funk. But a chance encounter soon tests that theory. After a handsome stranger helps her forget her troubles for one night, he quickly comes up with a proposition that may save both their problems. A marriage of convenience that will earn her the citizenship she needs to claim what was stolen from her and get him back into the good graces of his mother and father. All because there's one little detail he's neglected to mention. Her mysterious tour guide is in fact second in line to the throne and his parents are king and queen of Colonia. Hungry for justice, Madison agrees to the scheme, but it's only as the ruse deepens that she realizes how many people stand to be hurt in the process, including herself. Amid so much uncertainty, there's only one thing she can rely on. Piatro is a born liar, able to mislead even the most inquisitive minds. But between their fake show of affection and the very real feelings bubbling just beneath the surface, Where on earth does that leave her? Their marriage of convenience could soon prove to be anything, but... It was so damn long. Oh my gosh, that it just went on forever. And like, I I do appreciate that they mentioned the fake uh, country that Mm -hmm. takes place in Colonia. How are you pronouncing it in your head? I was thinking Colonia or Colonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, it's K O L U N I A. And as Hawaiian, as, okay, let me, as fake Hawaiian as it sounds, um, <laughs> it is actually um, like former USSR. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> oh, no, wait, it's between Greece and. No, no, no. It's, nor- it's more north than you think. Hold on. I have, <laughs> let me pull up a map. Because it sounds very Mediterranean, except it's a landlocked country. Right. It's between, um, like, hold on. Let me look at the world. <laughs> it's between, like, Croatia and Slovenia or something crazy like right. that. Right. Or, like, Croatia and Hungary or... And I do feel like when I was reading it, there was uh, a lot of the food was based on either Croatian, Hungary sort of foods, except there was like gyros. Yeah, <laughs> it all sounded very Mediterranean to me. They talked about, I don't remember if they actually talked about an ocean, but they did talk about bodies of water a lot. Yeah, there was lots of rivers. There was a yeah. big river that ran through uh, which, the yeah, main sure, city, which sense. was also Colonia. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And his name is Pietro. 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 Which is, I, I don't know. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Tell me, Neil, what is, what it was, that's what the back of the book says. What was that book? The, well, that was half of the book. Like the <laughs> length of half of the book. Okay. So Madison is a New Yorker who runs an investment firm kind of thing. Yeah. She's sort of like a, yeah, uh, she's definitely one of those that like helps like startups mm-hmm. like get money. So mm-hmm. venture capital type. Yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. She's a VC. She's a vent- she she has a VC firm with her partner Alexi, and th- she has a meeting. And Alexi's supposed to with a potential client, and Alexi's supposed to be there, and he's not there. And she's like, okay, that's weird. He's he's never like dropped the ball before. I guess I'll go handle it myself. And then she gets out of the meeting. In which we see that she's good at her job. Um, and then she gets out of the meeting and then she gets a phone call from Alexi who's like, you may have figured out by now why I'm gone. Or maybe you haven't looked at the offshore account yet. Goodbye. And it, it described his voice as sounding odd. So reading it, I'm like, oh, he's been kidnapped by the mafia. There's some weird, like, underground criminal stuff that he got caught up in, and now he's like, blah, blah, blah. We'll put a pin in that. I, I thought that, too. I mean, there yeah. was, it definitely, okay. Every couple of pages, it felt like this book was setting something up that it never was actually setting up. Oh, yeah, I do have to say off the bat, this is not a great book. No, uh, <laughs> that is a very important thing. This is it is also important to mention, uh, uh, this book could have benefited from f- uh, hearing both sides, like like doing one of those every other chapter mm-hmm. type things where it's her, then him, then her, then him. But we only get her perspective the mm-hmm. whole book, which to the story's detriment. Yeah. What else this book really needed, in my opinion, was the bodyguard who was in on the secret so that she could have them as a sounding board. Yeah. That's what I want. Anyway, so then um, Madison goes to check the account that Alexi is from Colonia, and he had suggested that they set up a bank there, a bank account there, for reasons. I guess for tax reasons. I don't know. Yeah, it's so like she, a tax shelter. Yeah, so she goes to look, and th- is it $30 million has been taken yep. out of the account? So she's like, fucking, fuck, fuck, what? So then she hops on the first plane to Colonia. And goes and meets with, like, one of the managers of the bank. And he tells her, and, like, listen, I'm no banker. This sounded weird to me that, like, she's on the account. The account is in both her and Alexi's name. She's, like, an executor of the account. But because she's not a Colonian citizen, she can't make any decisions whatsoever about the money. Like, she can't do money things. I'm like, then why have another person on the account? Anyway... Um, so essentially the bank manager's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Um, y- there's nothing I can do cause you're not a citizen. So you can't touch this money. The best I can do is bring it up to the board and like put a stay on the transfer while you sort of figure shit out. And she's like, that's dumb, but I get it. Okay, whatever. So then she's like walking around the capital city, Colonia of Colonia, Colonia, Colonia. And, um, she runs, she, she she has coffee she's she's like i thought it was decaf but i'm very jittery right now 
And she, of course, runs into a handsome man and accidentally spills coffee all over him. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't even like this shirt. Oh, wait, are you American? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, do you recognize me? And she's like, should I? And he's like, great. And then right away, he's like, well, you do owe me for a shirt. So maybe I can show you around town. Like, he's obviously manipulating her right away. It's like, oh, okay. yeah. At this, point, also- <laughs> at this point, I kind of thought the book was going to turn into a con artist book. That mm-hmm. this guy was a con artist mm-hmm. and that she was just, she was going to get caught up in it because I knew he was going to end up being a prince and that they were, you mm-hmm. know, convenient marriage. And I thought, oh, she's going to think he's a prince. And it turns out he's trying to con her out of money mm-hmm. because she mentions the $30 million. So he knows she's rich, like all of this. Um, and uh, and then they end up falling in love with each other. And I was on board. <laughs> like, I was like, this is going to be great. Like, uh, what, what a wonderful conflict. No. No. Sorry. Again, so, setting things up that never happened. <laughs> but I do appreciate that, like, they stumble on a courtyard where this band is playing out in the street, and it's just like beautiful music. And he's like, "Oh, let's dance." And she's, I was like, "This is the most true New Yorker characteristic we've seen of all of our characters from New York." She's like, "Did you pay these people to be here so that we could quote accidentally stumble on them?" Like, she doesn't trust him at all. I'm like, "Yeah, because you are a woman from New York. Don't trust anyone, girl." And it's like, no, of course not, of course not, no, dance with me, let's take a gondola, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, it, listen, he probably sounded better than that. He sounded like a very attractive man. No, I thought so too. And honestly, this whole evening that they spent together, to tell you the truth, I thought it was very romantic. Like It was it was a little long. It, I, um, I, I also, I, well... Yeah, but then, I, I thought it was a little long, but I also thought it was romantic, it was and great. I was on board with it for right up, like all the way through mm-hmm. to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like introducing her to things, and then also he explains to her, she's like, "Yeah, I ordered decaf, and I am like strung the fuck out." And he's like, "Oh, did you say decaf?" And she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, they misheard you. They heard decaf, which is like a double shot here." And she's like, oh, that's why I've had three of them. Ah!" And then there's another part um, where they order food from like a, like a street cart. And the, the guy at the cart is like, oh, cousin Pietro, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, is this like his cousin? That's kind of weird, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, we find out later that cousin means prince. So the fact that there are false cognates happening within the language, I'm like, great. I love it. It's amazing. And for people who don't know, a false cognate is a word in another language that sounds like it should mean, like it sounds like a word in your language, so you think it should mean the same thing, but it doesn't. So Mm -hmm. like hearing the word cousin and addressed to a person, you're like, oh, that means cousin because it sounds like cousin, but it doesn't. Um, And in French, they call them faux amis, which are false friends. And it's, I love it. It's anyway. So the fact that there was like, and the, there were there were times where people were speaking in Colonian, and she's like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, oh great, it feels like a, another country where another language and culture happens. And then he basically is like, okay, because she tells him about the thirty million dollars, and he's like, okay, I have a proposition proposition for you. I'm the prince of Colonia, the younger prince, and I was essentially. Uh, removed from the capital because I don't want to get married. 
and they wanted me to like step into the role as prince and get married etc cetera, etc cetera, but i didn't want to um but if i get married and then we do that for a little bit and then you leave me and then i'm so brokenhearted i won't have to get married anymore ever again i can just like come home and if you marry me then you'll become a citizen and we can get you that money and i'm like okay i'm i'm on board for this plan sure except that two things one it's like it is friday and she needs to be a citizen by monday to make this bank thing happen but they do end up i was like are they going to try and tell us that she can become a citizen in three days but they do go to the bank and they are able to like keep pushing things down the road and so i'm like okay sure sure and then uh so yeah i was like okay sure great i'm on board and um so then he goes, he brings her to the palace, introduces um, her to the parents, and then his brother and future sister-in-law are just about to get married themselves. And so the future sister-in-law, Kat, is like, so nice to meet you, be in my wedding now. Um, and they do that. And then, okay, honest, I'm going to be honest with you, Claire and Christine and listeners. I was able to finish these books kind of early and I have since started reading a good book. So a lot of this book has just fallen out of my head. <laughs> okay. So things, I'll also things, say like this part, as you, we've gotten to this part of the book, we've mm -hmm. also gotten to the exact part in the book where I realized, Oh, this book is bad, bad. So <laughs> like up to this point, again, I thought their whole date was romantic it and was I enjoyed sweet. it. But it also was everything but, like imagine meeting a beautiful stranger who's taking you around a European city. Like that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. And so it actually ends. Uh, he's dropping her off at her hotel and it ends on a kiss that's also mm -hmm. super romantic where both of them are like wow we both feel like we could do more but we both don't want to right now mm -hmm. this was lovely and so they back away from each other he's like meet me tomorrow at the at the coffee shop and the next day is when he proposes their whole like mm -hmm. shenanigans so the whole day felt really lovely and romantic in a sweet way that was fun and i just it was just great um so but then as soon as we get to the castle and the shenanigans have to kind of continue there i thought well there's gonna be some fun stuff with her trying to pretend to be a prince no okay no. well there's gonna be some kind of fun stuff with her having to like pretend how where how they know so there's gonna be some like it just all of the funny <laughs> things that i thought would happen didn't and yeah. it's just more of her like the the two big things that happened was one her falling in love in love with piatra slash uh being a princess she mm -hmm. fucking loved being a princess mm -hmm. and two not wanting to do her job anymore just mm -hmm. like relinquishing it to her assistant and then she's just like fuck it you get the whole the, here the, here you get the, the whole vc firm that was the thing too <laughs> so a fun drinking game to play while reading this book is every time she mentions junior executives take a shot she just says the junior executives at her company they don't have names they don't have titles whatever the just the junior executives and yet when she decides to leave she just hands her company over to her assistant 
Yeah. And I'm like, listen, she's, she seemed on top of it. I bet she could do it. But all these junior executives are going to be very angry. Oh, my God. So pissed. <laughs> and then so she gets to the castle and just kind of like has a dress fitting for Kat's wedding and then just like hangs out with Pietro a bunch. And it's like she never has to learn Colonian. She never has to learn the history or the culture or anything like that. She never has to learn etiquette. She never has to learn anything she never gets a new wardrobe made like nobody's like well you're a princess now so we have to like put you in princess clothes like i mean none I, of she, that she does get a new wardrobe made but we don't get to see it we don't get to have fun with any of it yeah because that the i had a laugh out loud line moment when she's hanging out with her soon-to-be sister-in-law and girl a and, pe- the piece of cardboard named cat the piece of cardboard named Cat, but Cat had a great line because uh, uh, you know Madison had tried on this yellow dress and she's like, I never wear yellow and I do not think this looks good at me. And she thinks all of the other Colonia girls are laughing at her because she doesn't understand their language and she's like, they're laughing at me. And Cat's like, no, we would never do that. And you have to like trust us in that. You look great. And then she's like, and besides. When the royal family is paying for your dress, all colors look great on you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, can't get it. Yes, yes, yes. That's the only interesting thing she says through the whole damn book. And I loved that. I was like, when the royal family is paying, they all look good. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, she never has to, like, we never get the sense of her, like, needing to become a princess which i think was such a it doesn't make sense it's like it's not realistic because uh you you may or may not know that i went to denmark a few years ago Uh um and when i was in copenhagen i was taking this walking tour and they're like oh yeah the so the prince of denmark married this commoner that he fell in love with when he was in university in like australia she's some very nice lady from australia and so after they got married nobody saw her and like she didn't make any public appearances for like three or four months so that when she made her first public appearance she spoke fluent danish like she sequestered herself away to learn how to be the princess of denmark and like uh madison never has to do that and i'm like well this isn't fun and then we like the whole alexi plot vanishes it, I mean, it, and even when I thought it was coming back, mm-hmm. it was gone. Because um, yeah. it made they, me think of um, what was the uh, romancing the beat? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Where it felt like the pl- the plot happens and the romance plot happens, and they like are meant to interlace but don't necessarily connect. Like that's what it felt. It's like okay, so we needed to get her to Colonia. And then we didn't care about Alexi ever again. And in fact, there's a part where she's like, you know what, though? If I never see that $30 million again, I'll still be fine. I'm like, then what are we fucking doing here? What's the point of any of it? Yeah, there's the stakes utterly disappeared. Yeah, like, there I is... have a note. I'm like, I'm at page 81 and there is no con- There has not been any conflict other than the inciting incident of the money disappearing and like the bank thing. Like, yes, that's conflict. But that was to set up the rest of the book. Page 81. No conflict has happened. Not not even between her and Pietro. Oh, no. And not only that, but uh, Pietro also disappears partway through this book. I mean, 
we don't spend any time with him. So mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, like day two at the palace, he's like, why don't we just go confront Alexi? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And then they go, but there's there's media like They're following late, them. Yeah, waylaid by paparazzi or something. And they don't want to like bring that into it. They don't want to have them investigate Alexi and then find out what she's there for and then mm-hmm. actually find out like, oh, it's all a scheme. Mm-hmm. So instead they go horseback riding and they have a lovely time. And then that is until near the end where they have sex like that is the last time we really see him she spends a lot of time doing dresses they kind of meet in the hall sometimes she talks a lot to cardboard cat and then um (laughs) (laughs) cardboard cat princess of colonia and then there's a lot of like worries about because the mom doesn't like her yet which totally makes sense she's just like i wonder why yeah and she's like oh she thinks i'm some sort of like you know gold digger and i'm like yeah Some sort of scam artist well hey guess y- what girl y- you are you 100 are so- i know your intentions are noble but that's exactly you're trying to scam the royal family of a country that's not your own like <laughs> good luck so surprise yeah and then like something about this book too like there were things that just like I'm like, it just felt so unrealistic. Like, there was never security details. There was never bodyguards, ever. They just, like, she and Kat would just, like, leave the palace and hop on a carriage and go wherever they wanted. And it wasn't even, like, a royal carriage. This town just has, like, like their taxi service is horse-drawn carriages. So they just go wherever they wanted. And then there was the scene where, um, like, the, the police show up. And she's like, holy fuck, am I found out? They're getting ready for, is it her, her wedding? And she's trying on her dress at the dress shop where she bought it instead of in the palace. So then they have to go back to the palace for this thing that I bet they're like the king and queen want to see you. Then I'm like, well, then why are the police involved? Because they wouldn't want any, it was a whole thing. And then also like, okay, so Alexi stole the money and it, the way the phone call goes, you're like, oh, he's by the mob. So now she has to rescue him or like get the money back. And he apologizes. But that never happened. So it's like, then why did he call her? Yeah, like, no, why he straight he up just took her? the money. And, and then two, why didn't they ever just add Pietro to the bank account? <laughs> if she's an executor of the account, it, she can't touch the money, but surely she can like decide, give other people access to the bank account. So why didn't they just have Pietro do it? Yeah. Like, why didn't he just... And then, of course, at the very end, like, Alexi just shows up. All of a sudden, he was arrested. Like, he was able to... Like, this whole time, he could have just figured out where he was. But it didn't matter. Like, none of it ever mattered. And then... Well... Oh, for me, the worst part... I guess, no, this kind of goes forward into probably what you were going to say. But, yeah, I... It, it didn't make sense. It didn't it, like a lot of parts that I thought they were setting up for. didn't make a lot of sense. I like, why not just like get married right away? Why not just bring back your bride and who is like, Oh, I secretly got married. Like, Girl. why not just do that? And then, there, Oh, yes. you have to like play up like your marriage for mm-hmm, a while. Mm-hmm. And there was a point too, that it's like, Oh, they needed like, you know, they needed to get married sooner than they thought they had to move up the wedding and i'm like no they should just go get married in secret and then when it gets to the point of the actual wedding then she chooses it and then she still gets the big royal wedding there's another thing okay this is like 
this this is gonna sound so pedantic but it tripped me up so much okay so there's a point where they're like oh let's go talk to the bank manager tomorrow this is pietro and madison and they're like okay great we'll go to now that we have announced that we're about to get married let's go talk to the bank manager tomorrow about getting things fixed okay great so they go the next day to the bank and they're talking to the bank manager and they're like oh well can you do this and this and he's like well actually today is sunday so um, oh i know me too i, I was like, like nope there's no is, bank in the world that's open on sunday today is no sunday. fucking bank in the world is open on sunday no but then he said today is sunday so we can't do it until the bank opens again tomorrow and i'm like then what is he doing there because they because yeah. how do they, they, they talk to him how how do they t- <laughs> and i even i even i even went down the like trail of thought of like okay maybe their bank is like maybe there's maybe you know this is a whole different country maybe the bank is open on sunday except that there's like a um some sort of priest that happens so it's like assuming they aren't eastern orthodox there is still clergy they are still some kind of christian or catholic so the bank is not going to be open on sunday so what was the guy doing there and it wasn't like oh thank you for coming or like yes of course like he was in casual clothes because he like got pulled out at the last minute to go open the bank just for them on sunday nothing and it was just like what think it through girl like come on yeah no it i was know a that's mess. a dumb thing to be angry about but it, it's just like no wh- i mean i think it, it speaks a lot to just sort of the thought process of the putting together this book the thing and i'm sure you're about to get to this but the mm-hmm. thing that pissed me off the most was when we get to the final conflict between the two of them because here's the first thing that tips it off is the paparazzi see him with another woman kissing her and giving her a jewelry piece kissing her on the cheek on the cheek which this is europe that's how you say hello that is exactly how you say hello and so now our girl madison has fallen in love so her feels are all feeling also that just happened and of course it just happened because like you said they don't spend time together so we don't know when it happened it just happened one day she only fell in love with being a princess and having all this money a princess and wanting to fuck him right which which, as we know in a straight book is is that equals love that equals love so she confronts him and backed into a corner he has to admit actually i had her make you a piece of jewelry and i was just giving her something from the treasury in exchange i was like wow this is so poorly written why did this happen anyway so then he hands her the jewelry and she's like oh my god and then they finally have sex and then the next day she finally have sex with a man after he gets you jewelry right ladies but make him buy you first make him buy but the thing is like we don't get to see it so Mm -hmm. if anybody is so far thinking in oh i might actually like this book if you also like sex scenes this one doesn't give it to you so no don't buy this book for that reason so then she goes and talks to cardboard cat the next day and cardboard cat it tells her like oh no pietra didn't wasn't kicked out he left of his own accord and now here's the thing i don't understand why did he come back uh i don't know why he came back i also don't know what the conflict is anymore so and i don't know why madison is pissed now that Uh, she's like why everything our relationship is built on a lie and i was like yes yes (laughs) yes we know that's the plot of the book (laughs) she she gets mad that he's like seen in public with this other woman and she's like how dare you but it's like he he told you from the beginning i don't want to get married like essentially i'm a fuck boy like 
Yeah, I, the go, whole, I like to party. And she's the like, the whole okay, point cool. of their relationship was that they oh. were going to like that he could he wouldn't have to worry about ever getting married again and he could continue being a European fuckboy. Yeah. That was what he wanted. And she was like, so cool for me. Yeah. Um and and so then she's upset when she sees him with another woman, which again I'm like, I mean, come on, girl, you're not actually in a relationship with him. And then two, then she's upset when Okay, so he wants to get back into his family's good graces. We and don't know why. Apparently, he left of his own accord instead of being kicked off, kicked out. But the end goal was still the same. Like honestly, the like the way it was written, the end goal was still the same. Yeah, then what's the but point of it? She was still pissed. And I was like, "Why are you upset?" I and I was so lost, but I didn't want to reread it. So, oh well. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing that that really that really irked me is Pietro's whole argument was. Like, they won't let me be who I really am. <laughs> I also read this book second. So after Ooh. reading, like, a book where um, a man is gay-bashed, <laughs> I was like, fuck you, straighty. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, the, like, I was reading this during Pride Month, and this straight guy's like, they won't let me be who I really no, am. I'm like, this, this feels straight, like, uh, this rich feels guy like crime. who's, like, a royalty and the mm. second in line so actually can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah, like any like also, spare can as soon as his brother has kids that keeps bumping him back so like anyway okay i will say like the societal the, the societal pressure to get married i don't want to get married just because it's expected of me these are all perfectly valid arguments i agree with that but it was the language of they won't let me be who i truly am fuck you your problems aren't real problems sorry sorry not sorry <sighs> indeed and then i think i feel like i had one more thing to say but i don't they get married. They oh, live happily ever after somehow. They, get married, they live happily, they figure happily it ever out. after. Um, they totally steal Cat's thunder by having their wedding like three weeks later. And because yeah. she's cardboard, she's totally fine with it. Um, another thing, too, about this book is that thing like things were repeated in weird ways. Like there's a point when they first meet where like Pietro takes like he's like oh let me take your bag let me carry your bag for you and she's like uh no strange man i'm not gonna do that and he's like okay here and he gives her a ring and he's like here you can wear this as collateral so i so you know i won't run off with your bag but then she's like okay fine and then a little bit later she gives it back to him and she's like well i was holding on to it for collateral and i'm like yeah no that was his idea he's he said that to you he he knows that already what <laughs> I think I think that's all I have to say. Yeah, no, that was that book. That was that book. The Royal Report by Claire Castle. Dashing young Prince Asherton of Swinburg has been bred for the royal life, raised in the spotlight with everything arranged for him while living in luxury. This life may sound like the greatest thing in the world, but not to Asher. The almost 25-year-old prince is granted one final vacation before he is due to return home to fulfill his royal duties and marry a young woman that his parents have in mind for him. Cohen Fox, an intrepid and well-respected reporter, is due to interview the prince for his magazine just a short time before the royal wedding takes place. 
When he arrives at the castle, he realizes that the prince that Prince Asherton is the man he had a passionate encounter with while on vacation in the Bahamas. When they are reunited and they find their chemistry is still off the charts, will it be a happy ever after, or will everything fall apart? <laughs> so that's what the book says. Before you before you give your summary, can I make one quick comment? Yes, please. At the beginning of this book, there's a glossary of terms. Uh-huh. <laughs> of like the magazine where Cohen works, the anime they both like, the fake celebrity that Cohen interviewed. And I highlighted all of it. I'm like, surely we can use context clues to know what these things are. And hey, guess what? We could we could use context clues. And in fact, every single time they'd mention somebody something like that, it would be like, oh, here's the name, you know, here's the name of the magazine that Cohen works at. Like it would just say it. It wasn't it even context. It. it defined it right after. Yeah. Anyway, so Claire. <laughs> Claire. Um here's another thing. Here's another book where a lot of things were set up that I thought would pay off mm -hmm. and did not. Um, the biggest one is, so both of them are on vacation at this amazing resort. Now it's the type of resort a prince of a fake country can afford to go on. Mm -hmm. And here, and I don't care how good a journalist you are, you can't fucking afford a three-week vacation on <laughs> one of these places. Like, sorry, you cannot. I don't care if you, like, you just can't. But, oh, well. Like, but anyway, apparently he can. So he spent, our intrepid reporter, Cohen Fox, spent a day interviewing some celebrity and wrote up his report on it and sent it off even though he always procrastinates on it he actually sent it on time this time so he could enjoy the rest of his vacation that he's just going to spend at this resort um he because he's a super nice dude makes friends with a bartender near the pool mm -hmm. and then that bartender needs to go take care of his wife and that sounds like a whole story that we don't get <laughs> <laughs> and then because there are no other bartenders in the entire resort cohen is like dude I can handle the bar you go go take care of your wife <laughs> you'll be back in 10 minutes right Nope. Nope. And that is how Cohen meets the dashing young Prince Asser, uh, Asherton. Asherton of Swineborg. <laughs> oh, I was nice and said Swinburg. Oh, I guess it could be. I have been. I said Swineborg every That's time fair. it came out. Also, I'm sorry. Really fast. The blonde haired, blue eyed. I think he's blonde hair and blue eyed. Prince Asherton of Swinborg is from the mediterranean like the country the fake country next to monaco is called swinburg there's a u in there like what <laughs> i thought this whole time it was going to be like scandinavia like oh he's up there near like finland and sweden and whatnot and then they're like oh the neighbor of monaco and i'm like fuck no <laughs> Look, all I know is that both of these tiny ass countries only survived World War II by siding with the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, not true, not in the book, but that's just my theory. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Anyway, so that's how Ash and Cohen meet. Mm -hmm. um, and Cohen is pretty much just like, 
uh, man, there here's a hottie. I'm totally gonna do him. Fuck this bartending gig. And he <laughs> he waits for the bartender to come back. I want to yeah, be yeah, fair, yeah. but, but then they keep he like okay. So then Asherton assumes he's a bartender at the uh, resort, and Cohen just kind of goes with it for absolutely no reason. Right, and that is where I thought we were setting up a conflict. Which mm-hmm. would make total sense to me. Here's a prince who's being, who's only here with a sort of, with his bodyguard. The um, bodyguard that I wanted in the other book. Yeah, Sebastian. Sebastian. Who is also a terrible bodyguard. Um, yeah. um, he's a good so, friend. You know, he's a great friend. So he's here with Sebastian, his bodyguard, and uh, like, and then this. Uh, incognito reporter start to hook up and I was like that is a really great like conflict like who's going to find out what like is uh, when Cohen finds out that this is a prince is he going to want to like is this going to help his career is he torn between writing about it and not is he going to be pressured to write on it by his magazine um, is Ash going to be feeling like he's been like swindled by this guy like you know they had a real love connection but it, it was he doing it just for the story i was like this is great what a lovely conflict if you would swindled but uh never comes up never comes up never. that's not important and in fact um so you said that the first date uh for the last book lasted too long i would say that The first half of this book, which all took place at the resort and was just the two of them fucking, was too long. Oh, long. (laughs) I mean, and there's no conflict. There's no conflict. There's no story. It's just two men having a great time. (laughs) Do you know what I thought this book book was going to be and would have been better in the hands of of a more skilled writer as if the book starts with Cohen getting to... Swinburg and seeing Ash Asher and then being like holy fuck and then it's like every other chapter is a flashback to them at the resort <gasps> oh that and would so be great we see the conflict of like oh like this is a thing that we revealed to that we opened up about uh at the resort and now in the present that is something that can be used against them or that they have to be careful of like that's what that's what the back of the book sounds like, and that's what I wanted to have happen because I think that would have been so much fun. Yeah, but I no. also don't think this writer could have pulled it off. I don't think so either. Um, and it just—I mean, there's a lot of like w- red flags early on for this not being a book I enjoyed, mm-hmm. like. Ash is like lounging by the pool reading his book and he overhears a male voice and I'm like oh are we going to call everything male this male that again is this just going to be one of those it's not that's I think one of the only times it comes up but it was still like a little bit of a red flag yeah um and then the, uh, the next red flag, and this was kind of insane. So this is all part of their vacation half of the book. Um, Cohen, very first thing, says, So, Ash, when did you come out of the closet? Tell me that story. And this is just like cash over dinner. And yeah, I was like, I, I'm not a gay man. I've never had to go through this, but I'm willing to bet this is not your first casual thing you just talk no, about. <laughs> I highlighted that. I was like, that's not an icebreaker question for us. <laughs> Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. And, he, and Cohen felt like he could just ask that question. And then the funny thing is, like, later, he was like, 
I'm going to have to ask you a really personal question and I hope you don't mind. And, uh, and he's like, and if you don't want to answer, you do not have to. And Ash is like, okay. And sets himself up for it. And I'm like, yeah, you'd better. Cause I don't know what's going to come out <laughs> of this if, guy's mouth. Cause if he was like, oh, I barely know you tell me your coming out story. Who knows what he considers private. I know. And what, and, and what the question was like, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> That's an opener. That's, a <laughs> That's an interview question. That's not a let's fuck question. That's an interview question. Goodness and then at that me. moment, they both decided, you know what? Let's not find out any personal details about each other. Let's just uh. this be a vacation fuck. And they're both like, yeah. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. What the fuck is wrong with you? And and so, and here's where Seb- Sebastian, the so-called bodyguard comes in. He's like, we don't even know anything about this cohen fella and i was like yeah go look him up you have the internet it exists and yeah, guess what an- he's gonna pop up because he's a writer <laughs> he's a writer there was another part too where where sebastian's like i thought it was gonna be a new guy every night i'm like that is a security risk yeah it, oh. it's better if it's a one dude tough. yeah also like can i read just like this book was not well written no i'd like to read a passage for you <laughs> The roles were reversed as to which one of us was calling the shots when he didn't move for a moment. I pulled my balls further forward, exposing my hole to him. What? I d- Claire, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly do not know. Um, and then also, this is... I know, this is going to make me sound very pedantic. I know, I know... There was a grammar thing that kept happening that drove me crazy. Um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. This book was full of dangling participles. And for people who do not know, a dangling participle is like an introductory phrase that to a sentence that doesn't have a subject that is not connected to the rest of the sentence. So something like walking into the kitchen, the oven was still on. We know that it that that you mean when I walked into the kitchen, I noticed that the oven was still on. But that sentence walking into the kitchen, the oven was still on. It sounds like the oven was still on while it was walking into the kitchen. (laughs) And that is incorrect. And part of part of why I chose the passage that I did from the beginning of the um, uh, for my steamy selection at the beginning of the episode was that it, it has an example. Moving to feel his balls, they were heavy and low. So something something was heavy and low as they moved to feel someone's balls. Now we know, I, and like, okay, people will say like, well, you know what they meant and that's good enough for language. Yes, you can make that argument. I'm not going to like dissuade you from that. But just like... <sighs> I, I'm of the opinion, and you can call me an asshole if you want, I'm of the opinion that if a writer is not putting in the effort to, like, follow these rules to make it easier for me to read, I'm not going to put in the effort to like the book. <laughs> like, that's all that I know. I'm a bitch. I'm pedantic. It, Like, yes, all of that is true. I understand that. And you can roll your eyes at me as much as you want. But, like, girl... Walking, moving to feel his balls, they were heavy and low. I don't know what that means. Ugh. Yeah, no, it. Anyway, 
I know, I completely agree. And this book was riddled with those problems so much so, so that I did have to reread a lot of things. And yeah, and then on top of that, there were there were contradictory things. Okay, so Asher and um, Cohen meet at a bar. It's uh-huh. like a, you know, like like a poolside bar kind of thing. And then they go out to dinner. Oh, while they're while they're out to dinner. <laughs> One of them literally stands up in the restaurant and goes around the other one and starts like feeling up his chest in the crowded restaurant. I was like, what is going on here? Anyway, they go to a restaurant, they have drinks. The there's drinks in the mini bar. When we get to the the palace later on, there's like we find out that Asher keeps a mini fridge of booze in his room, in his bedroom. <laughs> Asher drinks a lot in this book. There's it's so a many upsetting. times where he just like somebody just handed me a drink and I didn't know what it was, but I just drank it. And then there's a comment where he's like well, normally I don't drink very much. I'm like, fucking liar. You're a goddamn liar. Like, the, it was it, like, what it was, and I see this a lot in these books, is the author's like, okay, what can I say to make this moment most impactful? The thing that I can say is he doesn't drink a lot, but because he's stressed out, he's going to take a shot. Sure. But that has to be true for the whole book, not just this one moment. Yeah, no, this has to stand out here. I, yeah, no, it, it didn't make any sense. I mean, speaking of that moment in the restaurant, like the first thing that happens is one of them sticks his foot in the other one's crotch. Mm-hmm. Like this is before they even talk. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, great. And then he walks around, puts his hands in, in his shirt, and he says, well, I cannot, you know, we, I cannot wait to go up to the hotel room so we can relieve some of the sexual tension and i was like what sexual tension we all know you're both hot for each other where is the tension like you're doing it at the table there is no tension here also this is not a like diane you know whatever situation in cheers no we this is not a will they won't they you you will you will i don't think you should but you will (laughs) And going back to the patches that I read at the beginning, so they're like on a beach, they're in public. I mean, it's night and the beach is empty, but there's the potential to get caught. And Cohen's basically like giving, giving Asher like orders in like a kind of dumb, some kind of way that like everybody's into. And then he just like pulls down his pants and fingers him on the beach until he comes. And then later Asher's like, I don't like surprises. And I was like, what the yeah, fuck was do. getting fingered on the beach? <laughs> was that not a surprise for you? Also, I have to point out, and then I guess we can get back to plot. There's a point, I think it's when they first are hooking up, that Cohen says, for some reason, I felt the need to make Asher feel calm. The yeah, need I to make underlined this really that too. Good for him. And I'm like, for some reason? Is that not something you normally worry about? Maybe that's why your boyfriend cheated on you, asshole. Also, there's a there's an ex boyfriend who is, is completely irrelevant to this entire plot. <laughs> um, that is that is something I also underlined the for some reason because I've seen that a lot in in these books and especially in some self published books where mm-hmm. the author wants to express that the the character that this is the perspective of doesn't really understand why they're doing something and they mm-hmm. especially want to express it when it happens to do with their feelings or feelings that they've never felt for another person before mm-hmm. um but it's like it's like a verbal tick like the word th- like or mm-hmm. saying something 
akin to that. You know, like for some reason, I just for some reason, I just for some reason, and it's like I feel as if writers should do word searches for that, find it, and replace it as many times as possible. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, it makes no sense most of the time it's used, and it it just create it it just feels like a problem instead mm-hmm. of actually explaining what's happening. So, on with the plot. So, our <laughs> royal young man goes back to his family in his fake country. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, the, the the book gets super boring from here on out. Um oh God, so boring. Because There's this the next thing, too, where he's like, oh, he has a younger sister who's, like, in the tabloids all the time and kind of a party girl. There's a, there's a scene where she, like, is seen walking by a known drug dealer's house. And then the whole time, Asherton's like, she should be next in line. She she likes the attention. And I'm like, no, wrong, wrong. That's that's incorrect. No. That's that's also not the person who should be the next monarch of Swinburg. Or maybe like there should be no monarchs of Swinburg or any other place. So yeah, I don't know. Bring her up. Um, let her like, you know, douse the country and kerosene lighted fire so so what happens now is he's going he goes back to his family his family is like you got to marry some girl he's like i guess i gotta i don't know i feel feelings about things and asher goes or cohen goes back to his job pretty soon uh the the royal family decides that they need to do sort of like a here's the life of the prince and what it's like we need to do royal watcher type things and kind of but control the message so we want to hire you know we want to bring in a reporter that we trust and they were cohen is apparently famous so they bring in cohen and so cohen finds out that the whole time this guy he was fucking on the beach was actually a prince and he didn't Mm -hmm. know that because he didn't also even though he's a journalist didn't do any checkups on the guy that he was fucking at this resort which nope. makes no sense to me or or any research into the country of swinborg at and all like how that was gonna work i will say um this book did have one really good line which was so they meet as like reporter and prince and there's a long time before they're alone together so there's some like tension built in there and then both of them are like, oh, my God, what's the other one going to say? I didn't I wasn't honest about who I was, et cetera, et cetera. And then and this 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 made me laugh out loud. Cohen decides to break the tension by looking at Asher and saying, well, you never told me that you live with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job. Good job. That was great. That, that was, was good. That was fantastic. I do remember that. That was that was excellent. But from here on out, it's just endless pages of them being, of going to royal functions, mm-hmm. Asher Where being... he doesn't know what anything is. He's like, I don't know what this food is. I'm like, have you just not been paying attention? Yeah. Um, also, he eats almost nothing but peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. The whole time, the whole time. Which is like very unhealthy. Uh, His whole diet is peanut butter and bacon sandwiches and tequila. But I do want to mention Kia the cook mm-hmm. just because she seemed very nice and she totally knew what was going on too and sort of like everybody sauce. did yeah everybody she, knew like, what was going on except the queen and the king who yeah. were ditzes yeah 
But he had like secret sauce told Cohen where Asher's favorite place was so that he could like bring him a sandwich and they could like be alone together. And I just want to bring her up because she ends up in my FMK. So yeah, no, I thought Kia was was cute. Um, I, at the same time, I dislike a Royal book where the royalty is constantly all like, Oh, but don't do anything for me, but don't do anything for me. And I'm like, these people actually get paid pretty well. Uh, <laughs> they in, get paid very well and you know or i have to assume like but i'm mm-hmm. going to assume that that they actually get pretty paid pretty well to do this specific job mm-hmm. you being like oh i'm too good for you to do this job is actually real weird like, <laughs> <laughs> like well then you're in charge of not having them you know like mm-hmm. that's actually part of your purview but also now you're just going to put people out of work like this is all a very weird system anyway mm-hmm. but like it doesn't make you seem like a better person because so there's that whole thing going around with Khloe Kardashian could not figure out how to cut a cucumber. And so her mom was like, well, let's just bring in the cook. You you obviously want just cucumbers cut up. Let's just bring in the cook. And she's like, no. And her like hands are all twisted the whole time. She's like, I can do it. And you're like, oh, that girl's going to cut off her finger. <laughs> um, and it's supposed to show that, look, how detached they are from the rest of society that she doesn't even know how to use a knife and cut and cut a cucumber and they have to bring in the cook to do this thing. And Oh my God, they're so rich. 100%. I get that. It does make me a little disgusted. Just teach her how to use a knife when she's young. Obviously that's a human skill that we should all have. But on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, girl, you don't look any better for not using the help you've already hired. Like, (laughs) like I'm, I like, yeah, just like, it just makes you look all that much weirder that you're like, you're not a better person for cutting your own cucumber. Like you're not a good person because you decided to do that. There's no morality here. (laughs) You just decided to do this. There's no morality, just capitalism. Yeah. uh, It's it's all content. Anyway. So a very boring parts of the book where, uh, Cohen is extensively, you know, extensively sort of supposed to be writing, um, this article, but we don't see him writing anything. That's the thing too. On the very first day, he's like, okay, I'm going to get started writing the article. I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to compile your notes. That's what you do on the first day. You're not writing your article yet. Fuck you. Yeah. And, and then the prince is preparing to marry this girl. And meanwhile, the two of them, so now we've just switched from having sex on a beach and it being fun and frivolous to having sex in the palace and being sneaky about it. So like, that's it. Like it's like, it doesn't actually move the relationship forward. They both really like each other. Except there's one point they were in the gym in the palace and they were like starting to get hot and heavy and then somebody walked in and so they broke apart and then it jumps into cohen's mind and the whole time he's like oh yeah we were almost caught moving on and it's not until later that he thinks to ask oh yeah who was that by the way i'm like what because also like this is how you get fired sir yeah (laughs) for like having sex with one of your subjects like what no not okay but he just like didn't care that they almost got caught it was so bizarre and then also okay so he's british and he didn't know to like bow to royalty he had like no idea he's like oh i didn't research how to like address the royals i'm like we all know that we all know you say your majesty and you bow like what yeah i and so like it made like 
it and it just made like the young prince feel like he was honestly like 19 instead of 25 mm-hmm. which was also kind of gross and because cohen was like 30 ish yeah something like that Early 30s i think i don't know okay <sighs> like i don't want to just hand wave the rest of the book because it was boring but it was boring it was very boring but the so skipping to the end like they they split up because you know ash has to get married cohen's got to turn in his book report um (laughs) and (laughs) and um and it skips a couple of months he meets the girl for monaco the girl for monaco is like um i don't think we're into each other because guys look at me because i'm hot and you didn't even look take a second glance at me and i'm like this is dumb that, mm, but I, mm, then say she what you says, gotta say, and then I'm going to go on a rant. Yes. And then she says, you know, why don't you just come out? And he's like, okay. <laughs> like every, like every Cohen kind of said something about that. Like Sebastian's been Sebastian saying it the, says whole it the whole time. Like his sister finds out and he's like, you and is like, you should probably come out. And this girl is like my favorite part because it was so fucking dumb. It's like, I've got a plan. And he's like, okay. And then they plan. The plan is literally just to come out. Like there's no, the, like the plan, is there's no her, s- the plan is her making room for him to come out. And he literally says to her, oh, my God, you're my savior right now. I'm like, okay, great. Straight savior trope. It's like right there. You said the word savior. Let's talk about it. Like, why? She did. First of all, she didn't even need to be there. It didn't even need to be her. It could have been three other characters. On top of that, it also could have been love that he came out because of. Yeah. It could have just been like, I can't be without Cohen anymore. And he could have said to, to Princess Frances of Monaco, like, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm in love with this dude. And she'd be like, and I kind of wanted her to be like, I'm in love with this chick. Great. But like the fact that she had to, that she had to like, Okay, I'm not interested. Mother and father, we have to leave the room now. I'm making space for the queer person to say something. And like, fucking what? No. Okay, listen. Straight folk. When you, I'm assuming Claire Castle is straight. When you're writing a book about queer folk, it, it shouldn't be about how great that straight lady was for helping that queer person come out. Listen, we love our straight lady allies. Support us. Bolster us. Be a sounding board. Be sassy. We love it all. In this fantasy made-up country, you can have anything happen. Like that, queer people can take up their own space. That queer people can, can have the power in themselves to decide to come out and make choices for themselves. Not just because after he's been ignoring the man he's in love with, his best friend and his sister, but like, oh, this rando lady who's his savior. It was so frustrating. It was so frustrating. It was, it was very frustrating and unnecessary. She didn't even need to be there. There was absolutely no reason for her to be there at all. Except I wish that the article had been happening during the preparations for the wedding. So that mm-hmm. she was there the whole time and was a presence. But no, she just showed up at the very end and he's like, this is what I want. She's like, great. I'm going to make it happen for you now. Okay, bye. Yeah. No, that was... So dumb. Although, um, and so they get together, blah, blah, blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then we get the epilogue, which is fine. We're not going to talk about that. But mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the note at the end. 
The note at the end is, while I cannot predict what the outcome from a royal family would be if a prince came out as gay, I can only hope that in the future we will, ha we will have a time when it would be accepted. Girl, just write that. Just, just write him coming out and it being accepted immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, just have a gay prince. Write, <laughs> the, write the book where the commoner has to prove themselves to be the royal family and it just happens to be two dudes or two ladies. Like, right. Just do it. Also, I mean, do you ha I have one last thing to say about this book. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, not really. I would say, like, I don't recommend this book. I thought it was boring. Um... And that was its that was its worst crime was that it was boring that it set up a lot of really neat things just like the other book did mm -hmm. and then did not pay off on them. Mm -hmm. This book was also full of sex. There was a lot of sex on all There's the pages, but I will say it was also very short. After like having mm -hmm. our last books where some of the sex like went on for pages and pages mm -hmm. and it was glorious, having like a page for their sex and feeling like they were both like that was the best sex ever i was like it wasn't no. and i we have receipts we don't get an on-screen blowjob until the epilogue and it lasts for three sentences yeah no good no good no yep. good so the thing this is this is really bitchy what i'm about to say the thing that made me the angriest about this book there was an editor <laughs> this book had an editor i don't know if they are a professional editor i don't know if claire castle paid someone money to edit this book <sighs> there was an editor and there were still all these problems <laughs> yeah i highlighted like in the in the acknowledgments it's like thanks to my editor so and so and i highlighted it and i said in all capital there was an editor with like alternating question mark and exclamation points forever like what okay that was that was all i had to say about well the royal report by claire castle yeah that was it are you ready? ready? Are you ready? Fuck Mary, 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 fuck should we yes. play Fuck Mary Kill? Yes, we should. Yes, yes. we should. Yes. Would you like to go Let's first? Let's play a Fuck Mary Kill. Sure. Okay. I mean, uh, so, uh, Fuck Mary Kill, mm -hmm. Sebastian, mm -hmm. uh, Madison's assistant. Uh huh. Whose name? Taylor, I don't I think her name was Taylor. We'll say she, yeah. it's Taylor. So, Sebastian Taylor, who is Madison's assistant, who takes uh -huh. over the company. <laughs> Oh, or the, we didn't mention this guy, so we're going to have to talk about this. Bennett, who was um, who was Cohen's best friend at home, who was obviously having his own book. I wanted <laughs> to bring... His own story is happening. <laughs> I wanted to bring up Bennett, but I'm like, surely we're running out of time, so I'll just gloss over Bennett. Okay, let's talk about Bennett. So Bennett is Cohen's best friend, and there's a line at the beginning where Bennett's talking about a man, and is like, ah, blah, blah, just like an air steward, he said dreamily. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what type of gay Bennett is. 
And then later, it's like, oh, yeah, Bennett's straight, and he has this lady. And then at the very end, Bennett's like, oh, hey, by the way, and Cohen's like, Bennett's like, I have news for you. And Cohen's like, great, I got to go deal with other shit. I'm not going to talk to you for three months. And then Bennett's like, oh, BT dubs, I'm gay. And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, what the no, fuck is going on? Bennett is having his own storyline outside of this book and i don't think there's there's i don't think there's an like i'm gonna look up claire castle right now and see like i don't, I don't think, think there are there's, other books in the series or anything i don't think so and I, i'm like none of these look like they'd be also part of the world but mm-hmm. maybe and it's just, I and know. i just like i i was like okay whatever <laughs> God. But all of these people, so Sebastian, um, Sebastian Taylor, and Bennett are just repositories for the struggles our main characters are having. They yeah. are, uh, f- for better or worse, just like they're f- the friends. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna fuck Sebastian. Mm-hmm. I bet it would. I bet he likes to cuddle after. Um, and I think I'm going to marry Bennett because other than having just recently come out, he seems to like be on top of his shit and he seems to be doing all right for himself and he lives in London and that all sounds great. And then I don't want to kill Taylor, but I know I'll make a bunch of junior executive, junior executives happy if I do. So... I guess that's what I'm doing. And I feel bad. Again, I don't want to. Also, there's a point where uh, Madison calls her Tay, and I'm like, no, gross. gross. I don't know. I think, um, I think it's because I have a one-syllable name that I think people shortening their names to, like, the first syllable is really gross. Like, it usually sounds... <laughs> like, people calling Madison mad, I'm like... Or Mads. I'm like, why? Just say the rest of the name. But also, I don't always choose Joy, so that could be why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't mind it. But also, like, I'm just Claire, and so it's like, Cla, you know, what are you gonna do? Like, uh, nobody can. Nobody's ever been able to do it for me. And I wonder if, like, th- there's a little bit of jealousy in me, like, hoping that that could happen. Hello, Cla. Uh, hello, Cla. 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 Is that you, Cla? Um, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, I'm going to kill Sebastian because I think he's actually the worst bodyguard in the world. Does no research. Mostly just comes in in a hissy fit. There's one moment in the book where he runs and he's like, we got to go now. And like, and like, he's excited. Like, but here's the I thing. It sounds like this. Ash huge says, I'm so glad we, you know, we weren't, we didn't stay for 10 more minutes. And Spash is like, yeah. And I'm like, why? What happened? Nothing. Nothing it was, happened. It was the paparazzi. Oh, the paparazzi. It wasn't even an actual security threat. It was the paparazzi. Uh, it, it wasn't a fellow suitor to princess. What's her face of Monaco trying to kill him so that she could, he could have her all for himself. It was just the paparazzi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, Again, setting uh, up things that don't pay off. Which would be great. So no, so I'm going to kill Sebastian. I am going to marry, uh, I'm going to marry Taylor because she just got a bunch of money and took over a company and she is apparently over... that impressive. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
Um, and I'm gonna fuck Bennett because I felt really bad for him because <laughs> he has he was, a whole full life that we never got to see. And, and like his best friend gives no shits about it. No like shits. I think at one point, well, here's uh, the thing. At Bennett one point, Cohen is, even stays on Bennett's like in Bennett's apartment yeah. and like never fi- never asks Bennett any questions apparently about his personal life. Yeah. Here's the thing. Bennett is Cohen's best friend. I very much doubt that Cohen is Bennett's best friend. Correct. <laughs> Great. Okay. Claire. Fuck uh-huh. Mary Kill. Pietro. Asher. Or the singer Prince. So our princes. This, oh, the singer. I was like, the singer, Prince. Yeah. And then, oh, Prince, the singer. Prince, the singer. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I'm obviously going to fuck Prince, the singer. Fair. Um, because uh, that man seems like he's very good at doing it. seems like he was very good at everything he did in the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it. I believe it. But I also want to set him free afterwards. I do not want to, like, capture him. I, d- I would never be so selfish as to keep him for my own. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I... F- oh, so, Prince, we, you know, I'm going to fuck Prince. Okay, so who am I going to kill? Who am I going to kill? Um, And who am I going to marry? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I'm going to marry Pietro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to kill Ash. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kill Ash if only because, um, I just don't think we'd ever get along. He's, he's like, uh, 19. he's, he's, he's 19. He's, he's also, he just, he draws a lot of anime for being, <laughs> Like he's very sheltered. Yeah, there's some arrested development going on. Yeah, it's uh I'm not entirely comfortable with how that character was built, so I think mm-hmm. we should kill him. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna marry Pietro uh and then divorce him just like the plan intended <laughs> <laughs> and run off with all the jewels. <laughs> you know what? We never we never once said that you had to stay married to them, so good job for gaming the system, Claire. Thanks. <laughs> and Neil um, I'm going to do the same I'm also going to fuck Prince You know The thing is I never got it Like I know that everyone found him super sexy He never did it for me But He's probably very good at it Even in even in heaven he's very good at, at The bedroom stuff So sure um, And then I'm going to marry Pietro he sounded very attractive. Colonia sounded very nice. His dad was so sweet. Like his dad was constantly crying because he was so happy about weddings. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was adorable <laughs> and would be very funny in a movie. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, I'll distance myself from cardboard cat. Cause <laughs> she was very nice, but so goddamn boring. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know. She, she's, she sounds like she'd be good for going shopping with just yeah. constantly making you feel better about everything you're wearing. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I'm going to kill Asher. I don't, I don't want to, he didn't do anything to deserve it necessarily, but those are the rules. So here we are. Here we are. And of all the characters, Claire. Uh, man, I wish any of them were memorable. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna I feel like I'm gonna forget we read these books in a week. 
great i look forward to it <laughs> you're gonna say like remember when we read those books about princes and i'm like no no I don't. you mean the singer prince <laughs> um oh man um jesus i don't know <laughs> this is so hard okay um uh, okay i am going to oh no i don't want to do that um okay i am going to kill Ah, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> I, this is okay. No, no, no. Listeners, I can do we've this. had to edit this. We've been sitting here for four hours while she's been thinking about this. <laughs> okay, no. All right, I am going to fuck it's Pietro. Just a game Doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Yeah. go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna fuck Pietro because we mm -hmm. never got that scene in the book, and I'm willing to bet. You know, he seems handsome. I like the date. Like, we'll just end it at the date. Like, we'll have that whole beautiful, wonderful date in his fake country. And then we'll have sex instead of, like, you know, meeting up at the coffee shop later. And I'm, and it'll be lovely. And then I will have had a wonderful time. I am going to kill uh, Cohen because he is a terrible reporter. Um, and I'm getting the feeling not a very good person at all. Mm -hmm. Um, just in general, but in that like banal way that people can be bad people. Mm -hmm. And I am going to marry bum, ba -da -bum, Sebastian. I've switched up a lot of things here and I'm going to marry him if only because I'm going to get him out of that terrible job he's in and we will, and he seems handsome and is funny and has funny lines and is sarcastic. And that is a good basis for a marriage. <laughs> Snark is a foundation for a relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord, that was hard. Uh, Neil. <laughs> okay, I am also going to fuck Pietro. He's probably good at it. And he sounds handsome because he's a fuckboy. So he's, well, fuckboys are bad at it. But I bet you he's one of those guys that's like really into getting the other person off also. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a shot. I'm going to marry Kia, the cook, just because she was very sweet. And, you know, like then we get to live in Swinborg and she'll be like, oh, these are funny things that happened in the kitchen today. And he'll be like, you're such a lovely person. Thank you. Um, and then I'm going to kill the straight savior trope. Excellent. That's, it. That's me. That sounds. Yeah. You're, you're going <laughs> to kill a trope. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. it. It was a character, that trope in this book. So it's fair game. <sighs> it's and true. It's, it's true. Of the books, Claire. Um... I'm going to kill both these books. Um, I'm not going to remember them. I'm not going to remember killing them. It's going to be a very weird murder. <laughs> like, I'm going to bury them out in my backyard and walk in and have a cake and be like, what the fuck just happened a second ago? And, and you'll be like, why is there dirt on my shoes? Police are going to come and they're going to be like, oh my God, some of these two books were murdered. And I'll be like, holy shit, who did that? <laughs> Claire's a sleeper agent where when she gets triggered, she kills books she doesn't like and then forgets about it entirely. The horror! The horror! And then, and then somebody's gonna like send you uh, 
like a brick through your window with a note on it written in red ink that's like i know what you did to those books oh my god and then that's going to begin a whole excellent book where i become the detective of the murder i myself committed <gasps> oh please write that book no oh. <laughs> i've already forgotten <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Neil, Fair. Neil, the books. Yes. I'm also gonna. I'm also gonna kill both these books. Um, they like. I really wanted to like his most convenient bride. There was a lot. It had a lot of potential. There was a lot in the beginning that you're like, okay, I'm on board, and then it just like really fell flat. And then they both were just like not well written in terms of like consistency of characters and like repetition of beats and um so uh, if you're playing um a drinking game for junior executives in his most convenient bride for the royal report take a shot every time somebody says peanut butter and bacon sandwich my favorite my favorite sandwich peanut butter and bacon and then you get to go to the hospital you bum, win bum, a bum. free trip to the er yay stomach pumps for everyone <laughs> if you live in a country that's not America, it's a free trip to the ER. Here it is a very expensive trip to the ER. Anyway, yeah, they just, they were like not well written on top of like falling flat of the things that they set up themselves. I mean, I will see like we've read some books that were not well written, but like were fun to read mm -hmm. and like still pulled you through or like books that Any were Chuck not Tingle well book. written. <laughs> Right. Books that were not well written, but still like the stakes were high or had stakes yeah. or, uh, or, <laughs> or, you know, there was any conflict whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like uh, these books were boring, <laughs> Yeah, but they it, were also short. Hooray for were, that. They didn't, they were, they, these books were hard to get through. Goodness. Well, anyway, Claire, is it time? I think it is time. Is it time for our favorite game? It's time for a favorite game. Christine, yes! Okay. <laughs> All right. Everybody ready? I'm ready. As ready okay. as we're going to get. One of these books has a parenthetical sort of, you know, part of the title. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. reading that part because okay. it, gives it gives it away. away. Okay, great, right. great, great. Um, so the first one is Steel Hearts by jason collins mm -hmm. and the second one is betting the enemy by laquette uh -huh. okay real quick question is it s-t-e-e-l hearts or s-t-a-l hearts s-t-e-e-l hearts so hearts made of steel Hearts made of steel, and okay. the the second one is bedding. So if you heard betting, that is incorrect. It is b e d d i n g, bedding okay. the enemy. Okay. Is it metal workers? Woo! No. Oh, that was my <laughs> guess. That was my first guess. But I'm gonna switch it to like the navy. Ooh. Oh no! Uh, betting I feel the like there's like enemy. Oh, ooh, is it the Air Force? <gasps> no. Damn it! I feel like there's some <laughs> kind of vehicle and then a fight of some kind because there's steel and there's enemies. So I'm like, 
that's where my brain is going just checking it's also not the marines right <laughs> it's also not the marines okay. <laughs> uh let's see betting the enemy steel hearts uh goodness steel hearts is it something to do with cars Ooh, i don't know i bet there are cars involved but no that is not the theme I have I have one last guess and then I'm ready to give up. All right. Professional gamblers. Ooh, no. Yeah, I was thinking that with betting. I was like, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, steel hearts. Steel, what would be a metal heart? It's not, it's not <laughs> um, heart surgeons, right? It's not heart surgeons, no. Okay, <laughs> so I was like, that is what a pacemaker technically is, is a steel <laughs> element or something in a heart. It is gangsters. <gasps> oh! I was kind of close with, uh, anyway. Yeah, I was like, oh, so it's <laughs> professional gamblers is like three steps away <laughs> from gangsters, so... So the first book is okay. Steel Hearts, Brothers in Blue, book one by mm. Jason Collins. And the second one is Betting the Enemy. Um, and it's an enemies to lovers book. Both of these are actually enemies to lovers. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of them is Gangsters and Cop. And the other one is Yakuza and um, oh. uh, and I think Social Worker. Oh. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 Great. That's, I'm very excited. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Claire. Well, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you very much, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We know that, you know, we tend to be uh, bitches. We tend to be absolute <laughs> bitches. We tend to be absolute bitches. Um, but we encourage people to buy these books and come up with other feelings about yeah. them. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and if absolutely nothing else, authors, you already have our money. So joke's on us. <laughs> Um, but we also encourage you to keep writing because yeah, obviously it. putting stuff out into the world is hard and we're excited that you did. Just go do it. Yeah. yeah. Thank but you so much, listeners. Thank you. thank you, listeners. You're our favorite people. And if you are super proud of what we've done and what we've put out into the world, you can uh, review, rate, subscribe on any particular app that you are listening to this on. You can also go to our Patreon um, and, you know, you can throw us a little cashola there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can also just tell people about us, it's like spread the word. Get get those metrics up for us. That would be nice. Rate, review, subscribe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As they say, the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we all—all all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely and consensually, and uh, tucked away in a royal boudoir with all the peanut butter and bacon sandwiches you can afford, keep, keep 